Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Let the fun and games begin. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy, Patrick Quinn on Audio Force. We are thrilled to be the Illini Guys, bringing you a plate of goodness as the countdown clock is ticking. 3 p.m. kickoff at Memorial Stadium, Illini hosting Virginia, trying to get the taste of last Friday night at Indiana out of their mouths. Guys, you know what this has been like this week? Remember the movie Big when Tom Hanks tries caviar for the first time and struggles because he's only 12 to properly spit it out. Remember that image? Get that in your mind. That's what this is, has felt like. A, a win that should have been, and boy, we're trying to get that out of the way. I went deep on your dinner, didn't I? You did. You did. It should have been like the mini corn. It would have been much better. There you go. That, that, that would have been good. much better than the caviar. <laughs> so it would have been much better for Josh Baskin there. And uh, no, I... Uh, nice, nice. It was definitely getting the, uh, getting the uh, taste out of your mouth is hard for that Indiana game. As a, as a longtime sports guy and a coach for, you know, at all different levels for a long time because I'm old. But I, I always find that these it's not the games that you lose where the other team's better than you. It's the games where you you're better than the other team that really haunts you. And it's hard to get past it until you have another game. And football is like the worst sport because you don't play but once a week. Like in like if we lose a you know if you lose a basketball game you're back at it right you maybe next day even um, if you lose a baseball or softball game you're like back at it right away in football it's like yeah we got another week at least they didn't have a bye week this week so th- there's some positive there yeah and I think you know the bottom line is is when you compare what happened to Illinois and and let's take Iowa Iowa has a long tradition of winning with two coaches, Hayden Fry and, and of course, uh, Kirk Ferentz. And so they play a game where they score a field goal on offense, hold the opponents to a field goal, but manage to get two safeties and somehow have maybe the ugliest win in the history of (laughs) non-conference Big Ten games, but they won. And I think that's where Coach B wants to get his team. And we had a game that was very good but the Illini lost and he's got to teach that team how to win those games, just like Brad Underwood did with the basketball program to unteach the end of the grow or the whole gross era and the end of the Weber era. And I think Bielma has got to uncoach all the way back to John Makovic, except for three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. We have a, a lot to cover. We'll talk a lot more about Illini football uh, we'll try to bury Indiana and then look ahead to the Cavaliers. Uh, we'll hear from Brett Bielema and some coaches and players as well. Uh, we touched on this briefly last week, and then it became a reality. College football playoff expansion, fellas going from four teams to 12 teams in 2026. This was really inevitable. Yeah, when was the last time that Alabama missed the college football playoff? Because once they go to 12 teams, they will never miss the college football oh, yeah. uh, playoff. So it, it, that would be the last time. So, yeah, it's it's going to be good for teams. It's going to allow teams to maybe play their way in, um, whether it's a team that's just on the tier. That Ohio State-Michigan loser at the end of the year, when it, that key game, the Alabama-Georgia loser maybe is going to get in. But here's the thing. 
it's not, and you're, they're going to get in, but it's not going to be a bunch of teams like rising up. It's not going to be like the NCAA tournament where you've got, you know, the, the five twelve upset, you know, it's going to be like the five twelve upset is going to be like, I don't know, maybe it's Notre Dame against Michigan. That's it's not really a five twelve type upset that you think of in the NCAA tournament. So it's going to be a little different, but I'm excited to have 12 teams. Uh, it's better than, better than four. Yeah. And I, and I think the, the college football playoff needed something because, you know, this was this last year was the second lowest rated uh, championship game in the CFP history. And now all of a sudden you have the, the opportunity for some Cinderella teams. I don't know if 12 is Cinderella, but um, and you also will get some brutal rematches during this, uh, you know, like last year we could have seen, you know, under these rules, Notre Dame and Cincinnati could have played again. That would have been fantastic to see. And of course, Ohio State and Michigan, if they would have had a rematch, oh, that would have been fantastic to watch. So I, I think there's there's some maybe some juice that will get put back into it. Uh, and about the only thing I would be concerned about is, you know, will it be four teams or five teams with a stranglehold on the, the final three games? Yeah, but to your point, I think you now get those other teams in there. I mean, teams that we yep. only see every once in a while. You know, I mean, yep. you know, USC has has not been, you know, they were they were the team 20 years ago in the 2000s. They haven't been around for a number of reasons. You know, maybe they get in. Maybe, you know, you get more Big 12 teams. You get Michigan. You get Wisconsin. Um, and so you get teams that are good enough to be in. You know, over on our, our big sports radio show that debuted uh, just a few weeks ago, um, we talked this week with uh, one of the insiders from the Michigan website, thewolverine.com. And he says, you know, hey, look, this is a chance for Michigan to be a part of that more often. Uh, and maybe some other teams as well, Notre Dame and other teams. So it's not just Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and maybe Ohio State. I mean, it's, it's a lot of other teams in there. So um, I think it's big. Two takeaways from this that I thought was really important. The commissioners didn't do this. The presidents and, and CEOs representing each of the 11 major conferences, they're the ones. They were tired of the commissioners not getting it done. So the academics were behind this. And then number two, if you read through, there's some provisions there in terms of expansion, that kind of thing. You look at this, I think it almost guarantees still there will be expansion at some point. Yes, there's a lot of money still involved. Uh, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports said possibly 16 million per Big Ten team is the way that this could uh, play out. But I think those are the two things to me that I really caught me off uh, that I thought were really interesting when they when they explained kind of how they went about this. Yeah, and that, that today or you know this week it came out that you have possibility of 2.2 billion a year. Yeah. That went up a billion in a week. Yeah, that's a decent return on investment. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I think it gets bigger. Right? I, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, so I always look at this. So let's talk from, you know, if we talk in a line, perspective, when Illinois, even there have been years, they would have made the college football playoff. They're few and far between, but I can think of, you know, 83, 2007, you know, with 2000, I think they would have been in a bubble in 2001. Maybe you made it that year, you know, 2000, yep. 2001 year. So I, I don't know. I mean, so there've been a few times, so maybe it makes it interesting for a team, even like Illinois, that they have a, you have a shot and maybe they're not going to win at all, but you got a shot to get to the promised land and, and have your chance. 
yeah, it, it opens it up and it makes it just a, a lot more fun. And I, I agree with you. I still think it gets to 16 teams that, that that's not out of the realm of possibility. 16 teams to football is the same as 68 teams to basketball from a percentage standpoint. Uh, and we should mention as well, they're going to play on home sites. So, you know, if, if you're an SEC team, that's only the eighth seed, you get to go up North and play a Michigan or Ohio state or something. Um, I, awesome. I, I think it's outstanding. And I think that this is a, be one of those weekends. We will sit and do nothing but watch football when this finally happens in 2026. Hey, keep it here. Brett Bielema's thoughts heading into the Virginia game. It's coming up Saturday afternoon at Memorial stadium and Illini guys.com's Matt Stevens joins us as well. It's next on the sports spectacular. Slow down. They say you're getting older, relax. Seriously. You're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible, whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is. We're here to support it because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business whether it's a leaky roof windows or door worn out siding or paint outdated kitchen bathroom or basement look no further than hx home solutions your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out trusted by chicagoland since 1950 find out why hx gets an a-plus rating by the better business bureau call today 224-880-6000 that's hx home solutions 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. This segment presented by Busey Bank. Everyone in Illini Nation and in the Illini locker room knows the orange and blue let one get away last week and a loss to an Indiana team that, let's be honest, isn't as good as Illinois. Head coach Brett Bielema looking to put that behind the team. Here are some of his comments from earlier this week. Um, I think it's easy in in moments like that to get caught up in the negativity, and there's a lot of things that we can correct. Um, One of the things that I really issued a challenge to our players, right, that uh, when we kind of made our team goals for the the fall and when they kind of talked about what they want to do and what they want to become, one of the things that they were uh, glowingly – uh, talking about during that process is, Coach, you've taught us to do certain things. That's just kind of who we are and what we do. We don't necessarily need that to be a goal, right? And uh, since day one, I've talked about uh, before we can start winning games, we got to stop losing them. And, and, you know, I pointed out to our guys, to our staff that, you know, penalties, we were an eight to three disadvantage. Um, mental errors, obviously, I don't know how many they committed, but I know many, how many we did. Uh, and, in the, and the biggest one for me, turnover margin, uh, we were minus two. So. Uh, those things are part of the process um, uh, that that I, I want them to understand and for our coaches to understand how we call a game, how we recruit, how we build, how we practice is based on winning those three areas or doing our best to do it. And if we strike out in all three, uh, it's going to be very hard for us to have success. So I think as a staple for us as we move forward, you can always kind of look at those margins and, and have a great indication of where the game's going to go. Um, I didn't lose sight of uh, it was the second game of their second season. Um, obviously, I wanted to win it as bad as anybody. Uh, I think our guys uh, have really challenged themselves, something I've been talking about since last spring to where we are today, uh, to not only practice, but practice with the expectation to win. And I don't think there's anybody uh, that can say that our guys didn't go over there with the expectation to win, the way they battled through it, persevered uh, through a tough couple moments that worked against us, right? Sometimes things 
go your way. Sometimes they don't. Um, but, you know, we had a situation last week where Julian Pearl basically got hurt in the middle of a practice on a Thursday, which is our lightest practice day. Uh, we immediately popped Isaiah Adams out to left tackle, uh, took Jordan Slaughter, who had really been repping at right guard with, with, uh, uh, with Zai, moved those guys over to left tackle, new position, left guard, new position. And uh, the way those guys performed for 90-plus snaps was pretty incredible. Um, obviously, it wasn't clean, but to think about their entire week of preparation went into different positions and to play that way I thought was really good. Can't lose sight of uh, two guys, kind of two different ends of the spectrum, but uh, Chase Brown just continues to impress me with who he is, what he is, what he represents, the way he competes. Obviously got hit with a, a tough play, tough uh, tough hit, and, and uh, came back even tougher than ever. Ryan Hightower uh, just continues to uh, show me on a daily basis uh, how much improvement he's made since we walked in and, and, and the, 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 the attitude he carries. I got an incredible uh, message from him. One of the things that happened the week before, I think I mentioned it, um, Pat Bryant, I think, made a catch in the uh, Wyoming game at the end of the half where I didn't see him tell me he caught the ball. So we made a huge point in our program. Listen, I want you to have faith in me and I got to have faith in you. So if you tell me you catch something, I want to know because I want to be able to review it. And, and when High jumped up, you see him not celebrate, not do anything, but look at me, look to our sideline and tell me he's catching it. Um, that's a huge moment, right? It gets probably unnoticed by a million other people, all right? But for me, that was everything. He shot me a text, he said, coach, I wasn't lying to you, I caught that ball. And I shot him a text back, I said, my friend, um, I don't need you to tell me that because I knew it by the way you got up and the way you responded. And, and um, that's the way we're gonna operate in that moment. Um, also, a couple other guys that I think persevered, right? Isaiah Williams, uh, I know he took uh, responsibility after the game for, for some of the things that he knows he's gotta do better, but for him to play the way he did uh, for four quarters, he was kind of, Battling some elements going into it, and I, and I give Luke Ford a lot of credit. Luke, um, you know, obviously got caught with a tough hit. It was a bam-bam play. Tommy really tried to help him by uh, throwing it on the back shoulder, uh, but obviously a great defensive play by their guy. Uh, and then obviously the, the 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 hit on Chase. Everybody's going to look at it as as something Luke could have let, with emotion. That defender started emotion away. Luke can't move because he's stationary by rule. He can't change, and that guy created an angle um, that. Uh, he made an incredible play and break, which which caused a turnover. But um, you take uh, all the other plays Luke was involved in. He blocked uh, backside and then some C area plays. It was really, uh, really pretty good. Uh, defensively, I, I, I can't say enough the way the game started with Spoon. Uh, just a, a really explosive player that sees, reads, reacts. The things he saw before that snap even happened and the way he pulled the trigger, uh, that was a bam-bam play, really. That play is very comparable to the Chase Bound play. Just both of those rulings went against us, right? Like. They went in favor of Indiana. Uh, I'm sure it was a correct call, but it's just one of those things that it's just unfortunate the way, because that could have been a scoop and score for us and literally changed the game uh, from the first play, but it didn't happen. Um, uh, and then another guy, Johnny Newton, is just, uh, I've kind of said it all along, Johnny, uh, I believe, I saw the PFF thing, somebody put it on my desk, uh, that you know he, he led all, all, all Division One football in um, pressures and, and hits on a quarterback almost double the n- number of any other D lineman in the nation. And to do that as an interior player is really, truly incredible. And the great news is Johnny uh, is probably um, going to push himself to even be better this week just because how he's wired and, and just a really, really uh, special player right now. And I, I give a lot of credit to Caleb Griffin, who um, obviously in the Wyoming game, you know, uh, things didn't go his way for him to operate and, and, and function the way he did as a kicker, not only in the field goal, which everybody looks at, but for us on kickoff coverage, we really had to cover one kick, right? And, and uh, just really give him a lot of credit uh, for what he did there and a lot of other good examples as well. So as the head coach, 
you have to give the persona that uh, it's just one blip and we're going to bounce back next week. And you got to remain positive and, and talk about the good things that happen. So I think that's uh, that's what he's doing. And I think that's what Bielema has to do is move forward and realize that the most important game is, is always the next game. It's not the last one. Yeah. And they've got a, they've got a tough opponent in Virginia coming up. They're beatable though. And Illinois needs to win to position themselves towards a bull run. So, I mean, you know, nothing much has changed. It's just your error, you know, your, your error room for error has been minimized greatly. Yeah, no question about that. Um, and I think that's the, the difference. We, we touched on this um, last week a, a little bit. I think, again, the big difference with, this, you know, they knew they were the better team. I'm not sure that that happened um, b- before uh, late last season. Yeah, I think they've, they've changed and the persona is now. Now, you know, early on, even in the games that last year, even the games they lost that were close, you saw them afterwards. Well, hey. You know, we gave it a good old college try, you know, and I, I don't think there's that, that, that idea now. Now it's like we should have won and we got to win the next one. Yeah. And, and I think ultimately this team, they have to break those habits and, and start pushing through. And I'm sure that that's what coach B is working on them with. And I'm sure he has discussions with coach Underwood on what he did to get through those things. And it's time, it's time for the, the Illini to take that next, that next step. I totally agree. This segment presented by Busey Bank. Some analysis from Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com is up next. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys radio network. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promise. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Have a business you'd like to promote right here? To advertise on the Sports Spectacular, reach out at info at and use the passion of the Illini Guys to reach your audience. That's info at This is Jeff Alexander, assistant basketball coach for the Fighting Illini. You're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You know, Illinois football hasn't had a 2-1 and one start since 2018, and they haven't won three of their first four games since the Bill Cubitt year of 2015. Ugh, you got to beat the Cavaliers to make it happen. Matt Stevens, football writer and analyst for IlliniGuys.com, joins us here. Matt, you know, I mentioned last week after the Indiana loss that it does, and I mentioned a minute ago as well, it shows a shift in attitude that the Illini expected to win this game instead of in the past, uh, just a game they lost. Talking about the Indiana loss uh, last week in Bloomington. My question for you this week, what effect has that loss and the way they lost 
had on this team's psyche heading into this game against Virginia? Had an effect on their preparation. I noticed on Monday they were using the indoor facility for the first time in weekly practice routine than I've ever seen them use. And that has to, that, that ha, I have to believe that has to do with their inability to get things done in the red zone, because the, the football field in the indoor people need to understand is not a 100 yard field. It's not something that is not a complex that Brett Bielema feels like he can get a lot done, but in the 20 to 20 area, 20 to goal line area where you don't produce in Bloomington, I'm pretty sure Brett Bielema decided we're going to use that, you know, enclosed space to get that work done so that we're better in that regard. And I think that was a highlighted, you know, highlighted part of his evaluation on Saturday and on Sunday with his coaching staff. And that's just a change that I noticed on Monday, Monday late morning when we were interviewing players that they were coming and Brett Bielema was coming out of the indoor instead of coming out of Memorial Stadium. Hmm. And is there a, you, you know, you mentioned that the, I think Larry mentioned the psyche. Is there a, is there a team that, you know, we talk about learning how to win. Uh, does this team know how to win? I guess the simple, simplistic question, or, or can they figure out how to win? Brad, I thought this was going to be more of a problem last year than this year, believe it or not. I, I, you, last year, you had 95% of the roster do nothing but lose in their entire Illinois career. So I really thought the psyche change and the habits change, and Bielema talked about it throughout all of last year, that these guys, the, the Doug Kramers and Alex Palcheskis and, you know, Jake Hansen's of the world, Tony Adams is of the world. Hey, had done nothing but lose in their Illinois career. So trying to train them to win was going to be difficult. You, you have half of this roster now that really hasn't, doesn't know what they doesn't, what they don't know. Um, and, and Brad, you're a coach. You, you, you understand that new players don't know what they're not supposed to know. Right. So the, a lot of these new players don't really care what happened in Illinois, at Illinois 20 years ago or 10 years ago or five years ago. It's their time now. So, you know, when Brett Bielema went around all these summer camps and said that, you know, five and seven is not good enough and I didn't come here for five and seven, I thought that the mentality was going to be different and, and, and the, the idea of change was going to be easier in that regard. Um, the problem is, is that you've got guys still on this roster that don't know how to win. And then, then you've got, again, you're trying to mix in new players that <laughs> don't know anything. So it's kind of a catch 22 in a sense, but yeah, I, I thought last year was, was going to be harder to, you know, train out the mistakes that, you know, Bielema 101 kind of put it in their mind last year that says, here's how you lose a football game. And here's, here's why you've been losing football games all this time. And it just, it has, it repeated itself again in Bloomington on Friday night. Yeah. The, the, one of the surprises for me was I expected that even with the greatness of Chase Brown, which we, we all knew, um, I thought there would be more behind him than just Josh McCray, who's a great player. Do we know anything about Josh's return? And is there another tailback who can spell Chase Brown? Because Illini fans don't want to see him carrying the ball 36 times a game. Of all the things that Tony Peterson said that was mystifying and confusing and flat-out angered Illinois fans, the one thing that he said throughout the 2021 season when he was offensive coordinator was, I need three tailbacks. I it, like somebody's going to get hurt and we have to keep them engaged and keep them going. And it's going to take a group effort. And you saw in the first game of the Brett Bielema era, again, I, I point this out all the time that Mike Epstein led the team in carries and Chase Brown barely played and they won the football game and Josh McCray didn't play at all. So at the end of the day, um, 
Mike, you're absolutely right that it, all it took was one injury. And then, and now we're going now all of that talk in the preseason and in the summer about the running back room being the most talented group on the field offensively and how they have three or four guys that they can trust and be them. It comes out of week one going, you know, I'm going to go into every game thinking I need three and I'm, I'd love to have four in terms of tailbacks right now. He's got one and he doesn't have anybody behind him right now. I don't believe Josh McCray is going to play Saturday against Virginia so the search is ongoing again, and, and guys like Reggie Love and guys like Chase Hayden and guys like Aiden Lawfrey, if he's, he's good enough to go physically, they're going to have to eat up something for because what they're doing with Chase Brown right now is not sustainable over a four-month season and, and 10 regular season games left. So let's look ahead to, to Virginia now. We mentioned this is a team that um, ate Illinois' lunch and then stayed around for dinner, 42-14. <laughs> it, was, it was never close. Um, now, here's, here's the other side of that coin. That's the most points that Illinois has allowed since Brett Bielema came to town and Ryan Walters, and they've only allowed 30 points in a game once after that, and that was uh, in the loss at Iowa uh, much later in the season. What can we expect Saturday? That was the game in which Ryan Walters decided the coaching box wasn't for him and he needed to go down to the sideline, and that's the tipping point of this Illinois defense of the 2021 season. Um, Larry, if you're doing the Jimmy the Greek check mark, I think Illinois coaching wise gets it because uh, Tony Elliott has not established himself at all as a head coach in, in college football. And this is game number two for him. And he's going on the road to a power five conference opponent where he's an underdog. And I, I think, you know, Illinois feels like that they have a plan in place that can actually do this. And their systems are, are completely foreign to what Bronco Mendenhall's staff was doing at Virginia. If you look at that first game against Richmond. So I would not suspect that while the talent is very, very similar to what you saw in Charlottesville, that they're, they're schematically not anything like they used to be over the last few years. And, and so they're going through a, a, a culture change here in, at Virginia simply because of who's taking over and who left. So I, I, I don't think the 2021 game allows for anything other than, you know, Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback at Virginia is really, really good. And you know that Ryan Walters' defense is really, really good. So when you want to say, you know, that matchup, I think, will be very, very interesting on Saturday afternoon. Matt, I, I have to ask, are you, you know, we don't always talk about the odds. Were you surprised that Illinois is favored in this game against Virginia? Not just favored by the home field favored. They're, they're a legit five-point favorite in some cases. Sturdy, I was not prepared for Illinois to be favored on Monday morning. I just wasn't. I, I, I was texting with people wondering how much Virginia was going to be favored and wondering how much that was going to affect attendance on Saturday afternoon at Memorial Stadium, quite frankly. Um, and I, if there's anything that Illinois can hang on to is that I, I do think that they'll, they'll, they'll see what you know, investors would say or, or money people would say as a dead cat bounce you know, in terms of attendance, um, you know, on Saturday morning with people showing up at the stadium because they think Illinois still might win and go to two and one and, and, and have a chance to have a successful season. So um, I, I think, Sturdy, I, I, I can't exactly tell you 100% what the people in the desert know that I don't um, because I would not have had Illinois favored, but I do know that I think that the coaching matchup does matter to them. And I think that the, having this staff um, against Virginia's new staff is, is a factor in why why they think the home teams got an advantage here in, in, in this football game. What what do you think is the number one difference between these two teams that may um, 
you know, proved to be the gap of victory. That Tommy DeVito and his weapons that he has were better than Art Sitkowski has and his weapons, you know, last year in, in Charlottesville, quite frankly, Mike. And, and I know that hasn't come to pass to please all of Illinois fans, but I will point out to you that Isaiah Williams has 16 receptions over two games. Now, some of those are the pop passes that count as receptions, but it's touches. I don't really care how you want to do it. Um, Illinois is getting the football to their offensive playmakers on a pretty consistent basis under Barry Lunny, and they were not doing that leading into Virginia. And so if Virginia is going to put up 30-plus points, Illinois was not prepared to answer that. And if you remember the game last year, I think Illinois got down 21 to nothing pretty darn quick, and I think it was pretty much over from there. Yeah, it was like the first six, seven minutes, I think, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And by the way, for those people going to Memorial Stadium, a big announcement this week that uh, the universities addressed some of the issues. There'll be more checkpoints, a better system of getting into the stadium, and so hopefully not the problems that uh, existed two weeks ago against Wyoming. Hey, Matt Stevens of IlliniGuys.com. As always, many thanks. Not a problem. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll be sure to check out Matt's uh, stuff. Always, as always, great reporting, perfect reporting all week long, getting you ready for this game Saturday. By the way, if you can't make it, uh, you can see the game on ESPNU. Coming up, the college football championship game is closer to you than you think. This is the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. It was a big headline this week, but for those paying attention, uh, this shouldn't have come as a surprise. The Bears' conceptual plans to build a state-of-the-art dome in suburban Arlington Heights. Fellas, look, I'm a traditionalist. I, I love history, but I get it. And, and quite honestly, I'm all for it. Yeah, you know, you got to keep up with the Joneses in, in today's world of, you know, f- you know sp- professional sports. But I, I still I, – I, I get it. I don't like it. Yeah. Just because I think it needs to be outdoor football in Chicago, the monsters of the midway. And, you know, can you imagine what would be the, you know, the, uh, the balmy turf of soldier field is nothing like the uh, frozen tundra of Lambeau field. So I don't, I don't know. I just, it's not quite the same for me. Yeah. You know, for Chicago businesses that opens you up to having a super bowl in Chicago it opens you up to WrestleMania. It opens you up to all sorts of con- concerts. So let's face it. I mean, it's going to make them more money. Hey, D- Jerry Jones put 80,000 people in the Texas during the new cowboy place for, sure. uh, yeah. for WrestleMania. The second thing on that list for me, I think for Brad too, would not have been WrestleMania. Well, I'm just talking moneymakers. <laughs> So it's, it's hard for me to, to, you know, throw a lot of rocks at it other than I do like the idea of the domes that can close where you might be able to put some regular good old fashioned grass in there. And then when it is cold as you know what, um, make some Southern team come in there and freeze the bejesus off while you hopefully beat them in the playoffs. Well, I, I think that, and let's, let's continue that list because you got caught up with WrestleMania college football playoff yeah. uh, games, college football championship games, uh, final fours. Yes. WrestleMania. Um, you can now host the very biggest of events. boxing and, 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 and boxing. I, I, I think that it still will come down to, um, I think I look at SoFi stadium out in LA and, and, and that was built on a former horse racing track. And I think yep. that that's exactly what you're going to see 
in in Arlington Heights um, with a retractable roof, and it's going to be two billion dollars, and it's going to they're going to build all around it all these other um, make it its own little village, if you will, entertainment village right there. Um, you know, and I think Brad, I think that it, it'll be a retractable roof. And to your point, it may be a thing where the you know the Bears say, hey, we want that that feel. We'll leave it open for all eight home games, um, regardless of how, unless it's just the weather is just so terrible. But um, you know, and because I think you need that. It, that's 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 Chicago, right? Yeah, it's, it's fun to be outside. You know, I, I think the you know you you mentioned this. I mean, could you see? You know, we always have the Big Ten championship game. You know, and it's been an in Indy, but now it's now it could be in Chicago. The uh, Final Four. You know, go on the list. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun to have an a, an a venue like that in Chicago. But I still want to see them outside. You know, I don't know. Uh, it's just just me nostalgia. But I'm gonna, you know, I'll probably die soon anyway. So whatever, it won't matter to me. <laughs> well, oh, there's man. your uh, ray of hope, Brad Sturdy, <laughs> talking about his imminent de- doom. <laughs> I, I'm I'm hoping that the the that this will be an era for uh, fans of Chicago and Illinois sports to, to be something they would remember. You know, somebody who went to a Super Bowl, they went to a Final Four, they went to. Um, a Big Ten championship and a college football championship. What great memories and, and you know, for somebody who lives uh, in the state of Illinois and and even better would be if we had the Illini participating in one of these things. Yeah, and you haven't had a Final Four in Chicago since, what, I mean, 19, I don't know, like 50 or something, like at the old patent. You're the one You're the one who has them all memorized, Larry, yeah, not me. There you go. <laughs> the first yeah, one was there. Mike, Mike, you were alive for them, so that's the difference. You should know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. But yeah, no, me and Greg, I, Greg Red Grange went to that. Exactly. <laughs> went out for a beer later afterwards and talked about it. No, I think that it's it. This is the next era. Um, like I said, I'm a purist. I mean, I, I can't imagine the Bears not playing right there on Lake Michigan. That's just tradition. We grew up with it. Um, but at the same time, you know what Jerry Jones and the the Cowboy Stadium did back in 2009, and how they changed the game. SoFi has now changed the game again. And just as we saw Generation Stadiums in the decade that that followed, mimic what they did in Dallas. I think SoFi and what uh, what the Cronkies did with the Ram stadium out there. I think it's um, this is the next thing. And, and that's what Chicago is doing. And so it makes sense. But again, anyone not paying attention, I mean, you know, they said, I mean, they, they didn't build this property is because they wanted to go build condos. I mean, you know, we kind of knew that yeah. was happening. Um, hey, us open uh, ongoing. Um, you know, we saw the, the, the guy, um, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. TFO TFO. Uh, he made the semifinals uh, first American male uh, to the first, first African-American male. Um, since Arthur Ashe, actually, uh, what a great, and then Serena Williams, uh, the goat, um, you know, what, a, what a great week it was to watch her and, and all the tributes there, uh, truly one of the greatest ever athletes ever, not just tennis player. Yeah. I think, you know, when it comes to women's tennis, she's the best of all time. When it comes to female athletes, she's probably the best of all time. And, you know, overall athletes, she's one of the best of all time. She's great. I mean, just, there's not, not any way to I don't think you can have enough superlatives to describe her performance on the tennis court, uh, what she's been able to do. And, you know, she seems like she, and she's not going to just fade off into oblivion. Now she's planning on doing some things and, and having a presence. So I think it's going to be fun to watch, uh, see what she has after tennis. Well, and you don't like to boil it down to the numbers, but you can boil her career down to one number, 94,618,080 earned. 
holy cow. That, that's just prize money. That doesn't include her advertising and the companies she started. Um, and she's a great businesswoman on top of her aptitude and skills at tennis. I mean, it's amazing. And remember that she began her career at a time when women's sports, as they often are, paid less. And I believe she was one of those that got more pay for the women, uh, and, and rightly so. She's outstanding. And, folks, she's 40. In a sport, women's tennis usually were 30. You're ancient. She's 40 and still going, even though she and Venus lost the doubles opener. That was still great to see them one more time out there. Um, we've all been enriched by Serena. And you're right. I think she's just it's just the beginning. She's not retiring. She's transitioning. And it's going to be fun to see what she does next. Uh, what we are doing next, well, stay with us. Next is a quick timeout and then back to football after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. This segment presented by OSF Healthcare, right back here in the Sports Spectacular. Larry, Mike, and Brad. Patrick is doing audio for us. Hey, Brad, uh, big news this week in basketball with uh, with Malcolm Hill, the former Illini great. Yeah, Malcolm Hill getting a two-way contract with Chicago Bulls. Um, great, great deal for him. I mean, exciting to see a, a former Illini who is also, you know, just a, one of the best players that we've been had a to the ability to cover over the years. I mean, he's just a great kid. I'm um, going to make over $500,000 on that two-way contract now in the NBA. So I uh, can play up to 50 games with the, with the bulls. And then uh, we'd have to be added to the roster after that, but it's a great opportunity for him. He's staying close to home. We get a lot of local uh, excitement to see him playing for both the G league team and the bulls. Yeah. And he was one of the most fundamentally sound players guy had a positive attitude, never had the teams around him. I think probably only uh, Dion Thomas probably had less support than Malcolm Hill did. Um, but you're looking at, at Brad's exactly right. They, you know, the NBA announced that the contracts are $502,000 a year. So what awesome news for uh, ex-Illini Malcolm Hill that a guy who's kind of did everything the right way is going to get a chance to, you know, really do well for himself. And um, when he's going to be in the game with him and Io uh, gives the Illini, you know, fans a lot to cheer for. Yeah, the rare four-year Illini star to not see an NCAA tournament game. We're happy for Malcolm and the success he's having in the NBA. Hey, uh, getting back to football, getting ready for Illinois to host Virginia. The Cavs handed the Illini, as we mentioned a few moments ago, their worst loss of 2021, 42-14. 
was the final out in Charlottesville last September. An unusual storyline this week on campus, quarterback Tommy DeVito talking about the recent passing of his grandmother. Let's take a listen. I didn't make this out public, but my grandmother had passed away last week. Um, the Friday night before Wyoming, and uh, I found out after the game. Obviously, my parents told me after, which I respected them for, to not have me emotional. That me and her were very close. And, um, <clears throat> and yeah, just keep it with me. Mm-hmm. What, what's her name? Maria. Maria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you used to mom's mom? Yes. Oh, that's okay. She's very involved in your life then. Very, yeah. Yeah, she lived with us for a little while. So COVID was kind of good because, you know, I was home, especially on the East Coast. Everything was shut down. So we were very, like, it was very serious. I don't know how crazy it was here, but we were yeah. locked down for months. So we spent every single day together all day. So it was, uh, it was special for me to have that time. What's, if you don't mind, what's one thing you think how she shaped you? What's one part of you that you think reflects her? Toughness. That's it. Toughness. I don't want to get into anything, you know, too like sensitive or personal, but she was, uh, she was in hospice and she was given three months to live like three years ago. Oh so she's, she was fighting for three years. She, she, she got COVID, made it through COVID. You know, she was just been fighting that whole time. And, you know, that's that's one thing that I'm going to remember her forever. And she always do it. It's always tough when you have to play through these personal tragedies, you know, these things that are maybe not tragedy, but, you know, it, it's just it's rough on people as they get to ready to play a sporting event, which doesn't have near the same meaning. You know, uh, you know, it, it's just it's a game. And so sometimes we need to put it in perspective. And I think uh, DeVito did a great job of putting it in perspective. And, and, you know, obviously it's important to play football, but there's a lot more to life than, than just the football game. Now, um, now I'm sure he wants to beat Virginia though, just to, to show that how important football is though. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it's, it, you really sit back and think about, you know, what another person is going through, um, And it was good of the family to kind of reveal and let people know that. But when these kids go out and play, you know, there really are other things that are, that are, they have to deal with that, that we don't hear about. And um, I wish them all the best. You know, that's a, that was the, I had my first loss of a loved one in college and it was a grandparent as well. It's hard to go through. Yeah. And um, you know, certainly it was uh, nice to hear Tommy, um, Talk about that and her in such uh, glowing words. If you want to hear that entire exchange with reporters, that is on the front page of the IlliniGuys.com webpage. Uh, meanwhile, back to the game, offensive coordinator Barry Lunny Jr. looking to move forward this week. Coaching, when you have a close loss like that, how do you prevent it from being a hangover type thing for the next game? How do you get it out of the guy's head? You guys as coaches. Yeah, I mean, you do. You have to flush it, right? I mean, um, it's part of the game, um, especially the – the unique nature of, you know, the hard part about our, our business and our game is that there, there, there is only 12 opportunities. You know, I was a former baseball player myself, too, and sometimes you would lose a tough one and you turn right around and played an hour later, you know, and so you you're had to have a little bit of a quicker um, to flush of that, so to speak. So it can linger if you're not careful, you know, and uh, the, the heartbreak and the disappointment, I think, that we all felt, uh, every one of us, um, you just deal with it face to face, you know, and you just like you do in life with adversity. You just got to deal with it. Can't be an ostrich about it. You got to look at it and say, you know, where, where I failed, where I came up short, what we did well. There were certainly a lot of things that were, did, did, did go well during the course of the game. And you learn from both of those factors. You watch the film, you talk about the corrections, boom, you're done with it, move on to Virginia. And that's what we've done. And our guys have done a great job of responding to us in that regard. With Julian being a late scratch, what did you see out of the offensive line and how they kind of pieced it together? Well, it was late, and, it, and I thought they handled it really well. 
um, in the big scheme of things. I mean, just for it to happen as late as it did during the course of the week and um, for um, you know limited amount of practice to adjust, I thought it was really impressive that that our guys were able to get up there and we ran the ball as effectively as we did at times, you know. Um, and we had, you know, we had a couple little, uh, you know, protection challenges, uh, but we really protected the quarterback overall pretty well from top to bottom and just a couple schematic things that maybe got us a little bit. But I thought those guys did a pretty admirable job of stepping in on kind of short notice. Coach, have you got a chance to watch the Richmond-Virginia game yet? What, what do you oh, yeah. What do you, what do you see about the Virginia defense? Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously their defensive coordinator has come from Air Force and had a, a, a really strong uh, tradition of having some excellent defenses. And so we got a chance to watch that game, uh, not only kind of as it was transpiring, but obviously <laughs> through the video part of it as well. And so I think you see a, a, a very systematic approach to defense um, that uh, – you know, very multiple in, in a lot of way, a lot of ways. Very, uh, I think, very calculated about being multiple from a defensive perspective. A lot of respect for what they're doing. Uh, they'll be going in game two in their new system, and so you know, obviously, that's a big, uh, usually a, an area that you really see a lot of improvement and uh, communication, those types of things. I thought they played really good defense the first game, um, and you can see that they've got they got some talent. Perry, I know that Chase is your most productive offensive player so far, but have you thought about what you can do to try to better help him get to the finish line of games when, when he's got 36 carries and your next highest carry, I think, was like eight. Is that is that not the balance that you want in your running back room? Yeah, I think I think that's something that we're certainly trying to, not trying, that we need to address and, and, and talk through and develop a plan there because, uh, he, you know, as, especially he is it, he, as he is and as tough as he is in the Big Ten and or you can't, you're not going to, you know, it, it, you're not going to be able to get away with doing that on the long haul just from a health standpoint. No, nothing catastrophic, but just right. over the course of time, it's going to be hard to not, you know, that be a challenge for him. Uh, I know he feels like he's up to it, and, and he is to a large degree, but we've got to help spread that out a little bit and uh, get other guys involved in that. It certainly wasn't calculated the way that unveiled the other night. Right. The game was kind of so tight, and he had been running so well. I think that's kind of where we all felt like we needed to go and something we'll look back on or look back at once you get detached from the game and say, okay, we've got to figure out how to take a little bit off of him here and there as we continue to feature his skill. He's going to be growing pains. They're going to have some times when you make mistakes or do something that didn't work out, but he's going to be fine. And I think he has a great perspective. Yeah, this gives him an opportunity to do something different and get better results. That's really what it's all about. No question. This segment presented by OSF Healthcare. We're here from defensive coordinator Ryan Walters after this on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On Call Urgent Care. With OSF On Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24 7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on just like you visit osfoncall.org slash urgent care to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit hi this is larry smith proud native of central illinois it's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades and as a lifelong illini fan it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athlete stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. 
IlliniGuys.com. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. This is David Williams, a leading receiver from the University of Illinois, here on Illini Guy on Sports Spectacular. Go Illini. We mentioned before the break, we would hear from defensive coordinator Ryan Walters and, and his comments going into the Virginia game. Let's take a listen. Brandon Armstrong had a pretty good game against Richmond. What, what kind of challenges does he present, present for your defense? Yeah, you know, accurate passer. Um, obviously, he's played a lot of football, so he's experienced. He understands coverages, um, dual threat. He can extend plays with his legs and um, can go score when he breaks the pocket. You know, he had a long run uh, you know, this past week. and. Um, you know, we saw that firsthand as well a year ago. Um, just an incredible athlete um, that can throw the football. How much do you talk about with this game retribution or revenge, if you will, after last year wanting to get it back against them? Um, you know, I think it's in the back of people's minds. But, you know, it's a new staff, you know, new new system, a new system for us as well. Um, and so, you know, new, new personnel, all of those things. But, but definitely uh, you remember the losses, you know, and, and – uh, they took it to us last year um, at their place, and um, so I know that our guys are excited to, to go play. How would you describe that new system? Um, you know, so a year ago with, with Coach and I, they were very unconventional. Um, you know, different formations, different personnel groupings. Um, you know, this you can you can tell that um, there are influences both from Clemson's offensive identity and, and really Kitchen's time um, at North Carolina State. There's kind of a marriage there. Um, just off of that first game, a lot of 11 personnel, um, you know, a little bit of 12 personnel, um, but you know, zone schemes, you know, different backfield sets, um, more traditional uh, pass concepts. Yeah, Ryan Walters has done a fantastic job, obviously, as a defensive coordinator. And you know, he he's uh, he was you know he's disappointed that they weren't able to hold that lead, but at the same time. The job that they do week in and week out on the defensive side of the ball is uh, is pretty amazing. I, I would say that um, I, maybe I'm crazy. Brian Walters is going to be head coach in the next couple of years. Going to be one of the youngest head coaches in the in the country. He's going to be good, and he's going to because he's just he's that good. He's just that guy, and you can see it. He's got it. Yeah, and and I tell you what the the performance that his teams do on the field. Again, there's a lot of pressure, and it, it's hard to just blame one drive when they had been kind of pulling the, the fat out of the fire the whole game. But you can tell by the way this team plays for him, he's going to be one heck of a head coach, and I just hope we get in, you know, a little bit longer versus a little less having him as defensive coordinator. As we talked earlier, what a way that um, they, this team has responded and, and this defense and what they're doing, it's, it's what makes Illinois, it's what puts Illinois in every game this season. We, we saw it last year again after, after the Virginia game. As Matt mentioned, uh, last half hour, he comes down out of the, the press box and the entire uh, team changed, only giving up 30 points once after that. That was the game at Iowa, kind of got away from him late. 
Um, but again, you look at again what they've done. Um, this defense keeping the team in the game every turn. Um, the Rutgers game last year, they they route Northwestern. They come back, um, you know, this year and even the Indiana game, you lose, but you know, you only give up 23 points again. So um, excited to see, uh, like you said, like Brad said, kind of what this team is going to do under him, not just on Saturday, but uh, for the rest of the season. We take a spin around the Big Ten up next and Illini NFTs. What are they and how can you get one? Well, we will all find out together. Glad you're with us. This is the Illini Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, and our number two. Full slate of games in the Big Ten for the first time this season. You know, guys, a, a bit of a slap in the face for Ohio State. The only team to beat a top five team last weekend. And their reward is they drop a spot to number three in this week's AP poll. It means a couple of things. First thing it means is that maybe they didn't appreciate Notre Dame as being actually a top five team, or it means Arkansas state is going to take the brunt of the Ohio state anger <laughs> to a 70 to nothing type, uh, type of score this weekend. So yeah, I think the Buckeyes may be able to take it out on the poor, poor Arkansas state squad. <laughs> well, I think the Hawaii rainbows are going to say, Hey, hold my beer because they go into the big house, oh and two, having lost sixty three to ten to Vandy, and you got Michigan sitting there. Not going to be a good day. Yeah, if you thought Michigan was dominant against Colorado State, um, yeah, hold my beer is right. So and and hold my car keys too because it's going to be a <laughs> long night. Uh, Michigan State comes in fourteenth in the country, and and again, um, you know, pretending they're a, a charter member of the Mid American Conference. They routed Western Michigan last week, and then this week they get a fellow MAC opponent. Um, Akron comes in. The Zips uh, coming into Spartan Stadium in this one. You know, it's funny that that for a team that, that played really well, Michigan State was not very happy with that 35-13 uh, victory. Uh, Coach Mel Tucker said that they were, you know, just too many lapses. Um, Peyton Thorne, the junior quarterback, uh, threw for four touchdowns but only completed um, half his passes. So, um, you, know, you mentioned Ohio State taking out some anger. I think the Spartans may look to run up the score as well and, and uh, make this a statement game against Akron. Yeah, you know, they have higher expectations for the Spartans now. You know, they've, they've kind of raised the bar. Another team that's raised the bar is Penn State. And uh, they've got Ohio coming, you know, coming to town. And that's an interesting thing. At Penn State, James Franklin, they've been good. But they just haven't been able to maybe get over the hump and and get that you know signature season where they win the Big Ten or uh, make the playoff something like that because that's a program that's one of the you know that's kind of a how would you say it, a blue blood type football program with their following so you you wonder if they're gonna this is gonna be the year and uh, I don't think we're gonna learn anything much uh, against Ohio as they roll to a win on that one yeah and of course Washington State is going to uh, deal with Wisconsin. And I've got to think that with that awesome running attack, Braylon Allen, you know, 96 yards at 240 pounds for a touchdown, um, being prepared by playing Idaho before playing Wisconsin, I don't think they're going to be prepared. And I think the Badgers <laughs> are going to run wild. Badgers, uh, you know, it's funny. You look at the schedules. Badgers and Ohio State appear to be on a collision course uh, coming up here in Columbus in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, maybe the, the game of the weekend of the Big Ten is Iowa hosting Iowa State uh, for the, the Cyhawk Trophy. Hawkeyes have won six straight 
in this series. It's a four o'clock kickoff uh, on BTN and a lot of questions for Iowa. You know, our, our friend Tom Kaker called it that it was not going to be uh, an easy task last week against South Dakota State. And it wasn't. They go into week two still looking for their first touchdown of the season. Who would have ever thought that that would be the case? Uh, both teams want to know. And um, again, I would try and extend that winning streak over their state rival, the Cyclones. Yeah, the uh, Purdue-Indiana State's an interesting matchup. Uh, Indiana State's 1-0, Purdue 0-1. But obviously the Boilers are uh, heavily favored here. Uh, they really need to regain some confidence after starting off with a loss. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back and, and see if Indiana State is, you know, kind of is maybe better than people think um, after winning their opener. Yeah, and you've got Maryland, you know, visiting Charlotte. But this is really kind of what this Maryland team needs. They're, they're playing an 0-2 team, get an opportunity to get some confidence and get their ball rolling before they go into the Big Ten season. I see this as, a, as an easy win for Maryland. And, you know, that's how you get to a bowl is you, you get your confidence up and you start winning games. Good Power 5 matchup in Champaign, Illinois, hosting Virginia, the Cavaliers team that handed them their worst season in 20, their worst loss, I should say, in the 2021 season, uh, 42 to 14. But this Virginia team is different. Uh, Tony Elliott is now the head coach. Uh, they've got new coordinators uh, on all three units, offense, defense, and special teams. They still have Brennan Armstrong, who threw five touchdowns against the Illini last year uh, in Charlottesville. But again, you know, this is a this is a big moment for Illinois. Uh, what you don't want to do is go one and two, and then you have to beat Chattanooga at home in a couple of weeks before entering what's a really brutal part of your schedule in October. So Illinois trying to get the win and go to two and one on the season. Yeah, definitely. Illinois needs that win uh, to have a little confidence. Nebraska is another team that needs a win. They take on Georgia Southern. Um, this is kind of make or break territory for Scott Frost and, and the Cornhuskers. They've got to win this kind, these types of games if they want to make a bowl game and possibly save Scott Frost's job. And uh, Georgia Southern is going to give them, you know, they're going to battle. I, I think the the Huskers are going to pull away and win at the end. But don't I? The way that they've been inconsistent in the Scott Frost area, you never know. If it's a close game, it doesn't bode well for Nebraska. <laughs> Five and twenty-one, baby. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you, you look at what Northwestern has and they've gotten a win over Nebraska and it still counts. Um, and they've also, <laughs> they've, they got a bye week in front of Duke. So there's nothing that these two academic Titans like better than a bye week. So I'm thinking when you add that to the fact that it's an even numbered year and Pat Fitzgerald somehow becomes much better coach in an even numbered year i i think um i think northwestern is going to prevail here minnesota hosting western illinois it's a noon eastern time kickoff the first game of the day on btn uh minnesota really excited about uh the running of uh muhammad ibrahim who ran for 132 yards and a couple of scores uh you may recall that that he suffered that uh, achilles injury in the opener a year ago against ohio state and that and it was lost for the season so they're excited about what he can do uh, Leathernecks, Western Illinois, uh, FCF school, but one of those, again, you know, take note, just like South Dakota State, uh, really strong on offense. And so this may not be the cakewalk, uh, even though Minnesota is favored. Um, it may be a little a, a tougher challenge to, for the Gophers to get to 2-0. Indiana's coming off a win over Illinois um, in a game that, to be honest, they were pretty much dominated time of possession-wise and, and yardage-wise. And they get a game against Idaho team that was – probably better than expected against Washington state losing only uh, 24, 17. 
So I, I think the Hoosiers have a little tougher test than maybe they they thought they were going to have coming in. They beat Idaho, I think it was fifty six to thirteen, so a year ago. So this is a bye game, but the Hoosiers are going to ha- can't have a letdown after their win over Illinois. They've got to come back and play well if they want to take care of the Fighting Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those there's some dangerous potatoes. They're almost vandalous. Um, <laughs> Rutgers taking on Wagner now. The interesting thing here is, is I think Greg Schiano is one of the, the more underrated coaches. I think what he did at Rutgers first time around was impressive. I hate to say this, but I, I don't know that I want to bet against him on starting to build this team up. And going up against Wagner, which I believe is named after the actor Robert Wagner. Um, I'm I, thinking, I don't think that's it, Mike. I, I think it, maybe Hon- I'll give you Honus Wagner. Um, but I don't think it's Robert White. Oh, you know, you know what? I'm quite the history buff. The actor Jack Wagner, maybe. Well, I think I think I would go Robert Wagner over Jack Wagner, but that is a very tough, um, tough way to go at it. But I think his Austin Powers work will push him over Jack <laughs> Wagner. Um, but I do think this is a clear Rutgers win, and I would like to go on the record predicting that Iowa will win. Five to two over Iowa State. <laughs> Your lips. Uh, I, I, I was trying to be the first team to not score a touchdown all season and make a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> Most boring oh, ever to reach the postseason. That's right. Can you imagine the anger that the, when the Big Ten championship game they go up against Ohio State? <laughs> it's 182 to four. Right. It's amazing. He scored only three touchdowns the entire season. <laughs> That's a look around the Big Ten. Lots of games that are going on. BigSportsRadio.com. We'll, uh, we'll have all the recaps for you and pregame uh, preview stuff as well. We take a pause for the cause and then back with more after this. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way. Welcome back here to the Atlanta Guy Sports Spectacular. You may have heard the term NFT and wondered, what is it? And you might have also wondered, how do I get one? Well, Steve Thayer is with nextname.io, and uh, he's doing Illini NFTs. So, uh, Steve, welcome to the Sports Spectacular. Glad you're with us. Uh, now, I know NFT stands for non-fungible token. I think I, I get a gold star for that, right? But, but what is that? What is a non-fungible token? Well, I guess the... Uh... The question is, what is a fungible token first, right? There you go. Let's get fungible. Fungible. Yeah, Of course. Yeah. Fungible. Um, think of Bitcoin as fungible. They're all the same. Um, non-fungible means they're all different. They're not the same. So an NFT is essentially a one-of-a-kind asset. 
it resides on the blockchain. It's a single digital file. It's different from all the other NFTs in some respect. It could just be a serial number, could be a different picture, a different image, different, you know, uh, NFT, uh, but it, they're all technically different and you can verify the ownership of that little space on the blockchain by, you know, um, putting it in your digital wallet, purchasing it, you know, and, uh, and owning it. Does that help? <laughs> Most people are still confused at that point. We usually just say, it, think of it as a digital collectible, you know, what a baseball card is in a digital format. People, I think, get digital collectibles. They don't get NFTs. Um, they don't know where they really exist or where they reside or what the significance of having a little space on the blockchain really is. Um, but it is important. Um, it's proof of ownership. You can, you can verify with certainty that you own that space of the blockchain. Why is that important? Well, if you were thinking in terms of a digital collectible, something that might have value down the road, you'd want to be able to prove that you own that and you have a certificate of ownership. And the blockchain essentially provides that verification of ownership to that little space on the internet. Okay, I, I, I have to admit, I, I digital collectible that you have, autograph, image, somebody sent, I mean, how would you, and then you, it gives you. Well, yes. So let's say I take a picture of, um, I've got it on my phone. You know, if I wanted to make an NFT out of that, I could. I could take that image and basically store it on the blockchain and now say that is image number one of you, right? I could mint another one and just like it and create an image number two. But each image would have a serial number associated with it. And you could verify that my image, the first one is different than the second one because it's, it's got a different serial number. So that's how you get proof of ownership. You know, and that's what makes it non-fungible. Even if it's the same picture or image, it's a different copy. Just think about a, a picture you buy um, of a famous piece of artwork. You know, there's the original, and then there's one of 500 reproductions, right? How do you know that? At the bottom of the picture, it says one of 500. Now, what if you took number one and put it on the internet and said, that is serial number one, and then number two to 500, all in separate files, all on different places on the internet. And if the blockchain were able to verify that ownership, you could then with certainty say, I do own and I can prove that I own that space in the blockchain as image number one, two or 500. So th this is really something that younger people will have no problem with. And people who are collecting baseball cards, memorabilia, comic books, it's kind of the same thing that has been going on just digitizing it that's right i mean and in trying to provide a way to verify ownership you know which yeah, is something that i mean because there's a lot of counterfeit things out there right you have an autograph something um, that you think is autographed by a famous person but you don't know for sure exactly you know, and if you could buy an nft of that autograph merchandise you could verify ownership in fact they're using nfts to prove ownership of physical assets in the world. So, you know, you could have a autographed picture of something and add an NFT to it to be the certificate of ownership. And when you, you know, pass that asset from one person to the next, you could also pass the NFT to verify that that is your, your certificate of ownership associated with that piece of collectible. And for people who are paying attention, Patrick has a new microphone that will he'll be issuing an <laughs> NFT for just later tonight. Yeah, I had to try it out tonight. This is the first time. So I looked at your website um, and I'm looking at an NFT of Kenny Battle, Marcus Liberty, Dion Thomas. You've got Illini Legends. You've got 
current Illini athletes as well. I think the average price is around $25 for each token. Like, what can I do? Can I, do I store this on my phone? Is it in an app? Do I give this to my kid for Christmas? What, what's the idea here? So when you go onto the site, you actually create a digital wallet, which is mm -hmm. really an access key to go find your digital collectible on the internet, you know, your NFT, wherever it resides. So digital wallet is your security device. It's the place that you store your NFTs. And when you go onto the website, you're creating a digital wallet to put your digital collectible. So you can buy it on the website and it transfers over to your digital wallet, or really it just provides a key to go find your NFT on the internet where it resides. So I just go to store.nextname.io, right? Right. Well, you just and go to nextname.io and you know, you'll find all of the NFTs that are for sale. Once you buy it, then you're going into the blockchain site, which is where you're creating a wallet to actually purchase a token. And then are you guys going to be at all the home games this year? What's the, what's the story there? That's the plan. I, but I, I bought a truck and trailer, you know, um, and branded it with next name and tried to put, set up the perfect tailgate that I always wanted to have anyway. You know, <laughs> finally had a good excuse to do it. Um, so and there's finally room to put all my tailgate stuff in it. So we have been setting up, you know, for the, the home games in lot 31 and plan to do it again in partnership with the Suburban Line Club on Saturday. Um, I don't know if I'll make the Thursday night game. I'm trying to move my schedule around to make it, but uh, we're going to be at every other game and just have a great time. Talking with Steve Thayer, he is with the next name.io, talking about Illini NFTs. Um, so, okay, so you've got the tailgate. Here's my question, I guess, with NFTs, is that I think that most of us are vain enough if we buy something like Patrick's new microphone, he wants to show you the new microphone. So if I buy an Illini NFT, um, I can't put it on my mantle. Right. It's going to only live in the, the blockchain. Well, what you could do is is take it and uh, there's an integration that we're developing you know, to be able to display that NFT on, on your wall. So literally on a digital display, you could hit a button and show all your NFTs on the digital display. Um, and it should be a fairly straightforward application. You know, Blotco, the wallet provider, has that integration with a company called Mural, um, which is a, a nice, fancy you know, digital display that's got a Netgear router built into it to connect to. But that's about $500. So we're trying to make it a little easier to put it on any digital display through an Applecast um, or Simulcast or, or other simple way to do it. But, that's way to show off your NFTs. You know, really, our, our, our platform is, is trying to find a quick and easy way for fans to support players. You know, we, we try to stay away from all this NFT stuff when we talk about it. And we say, you want to support your team, buy a team token. You want to support a player, buy his token. The proceeds, majority of the proceeds are going to the players. It is the simple, easy way for fans to support the players. You know, when we developed the program, we used an NFT because it was a perfect legal contract to enter into an NIL contract with the player. So a fan buys an NFT, forms a contract with the player to sell his name, image, and likeness, and now you can legally hand the player money. Without that little legal contract called an NFT, you can't do it. You couldn't walk up to a player and say, here's 20 bucks, thanks for playing. Right. You know, but you could buy an NFT and a picture of him. So you know, we've tried to create you know, a super easy way to support fans or support players um, and teams and uh, get it out on the internet and make it available for all fans to jump online and have a little bit of fun with it, collect something with it, have something that could be worth something someday, but it's a, it's kind of a fun way to engage fans to support their teams and their players. 
Yeah, it sounds really cool. I, I would think this would appeal to the younger crowd a lot too, um, because they're they're this is what they deal with all the time. You know, with the they do crypto and things like this uh, all the time. Of course, so do some old people, just not old people like me. Um, but uh, so as you look at this in the future, what do you see ex- the expansion for this? How can this expand into a- another another realm? Well, so first of all, we're Illinois won't be the only school on the platform. You know, we launched Illinois because we're Illini grads and you know, we wanted to give them the first shot at it. But um, we're in discussions with schools like Loyola and their basketball team and Sister Jean. And you might see a Sister Jean token down the road. You know, I can you can see how different teams could get excited about promoting their players, you know, and their NIL efforts and trying to find ways to, you know, engage fans to get behind their teams. Think about a March Madness event where we're doing a competition among the top players in the country to see who has the most fan support, whether by team or by player. And, you know, Illinois with 800,000 alumni could win that game. You know, if we were engaged, we could prove to the world that we have more fans, more loyal fans than anybody else out there. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to create a platform to engage fans, to get them excited about supporting their players. Because if they don't, somebody else will. And, and those players can enter a transfer portal. And, and if you don't, find a way to, you know, compensate your players, provide some sort of minimum level of compensation to them. You know, they're going to go find another team to play for. It's because it's the first thing out of their mouth when they're recruiting is, oh, how much money am I going to make if I come to your school? And that's unfortunate, you know, in some respects, but it's also reality. You know, the reality is, is these players are, are coming from communities where they don't have a lot of money and, you know, the scholarship covers school, but doesn't cover, you know, other expenses. And this is a really an easy way to provide a supplemental scholarship, you know, to a player and a team and, and, and every player on the team, you know, if you want to get behind them or not, I mean, if you don't like NIL and you don't want to do this, don't do it, you know, but, you know, I think the schools that do, I think we're just, this is the new paradigm. And I think what you'll see in the future is, a platform, either our platform or a platform like ours, you know, providing easy ways to engage fans to get behind their players. And uh, it'll take a while. It's, you know, like you said, the younger kids might get it sooner than, than older kids. But, uh, you know, you'll, you'll find that the, the older fans are the guys are going to be able to cut the bigger checks, provide more meaningful support. And when they get it, you know, we might be issuing $50,000 tokens or $100,000 tokens in very limited quantities to give that higher end donor or fan an easy way to provide a, you know, a meaningful benefit to a player. So who's your most popular NFT right now? Um, well, we, the, the, the legends are always great. Um, but Chase Brown is probably going to take the, the race right now. I mean, he's doing great first game right out of the gate. We sent an email to um, the people who signed up for our platform after the first game and, you know, talked about the players and their performance, including chases and, and sold a bunch of NFTs right out of the gate. So that's an NFT that could be worth something. I, I actually was at the game thinking, Oh my gosh, I haven't bought chase Brown's NFT yet. So I jumped on and, and bought it and I got serial number two, which I, I thought was significant because it's the second NFT, you know, issued in, you know, which could have more value than serial number three, five or 50. And the first batch of NFTs is, is randomly issued in quantities of 50. So when you jump online, just because you're the first one to buy, it doesn't mean you're going to get number one. You're going to get one to 50, you know, and then when the next 50 are sold, you're going to get 50 to 100, you know, and that's just a way to, you know, give you a little bit of a shot. You don't have to be the very first one online to buy an NFT as somebody when it's issued, but you got to be in the first 50. So how long does it take then to 
you know, monetize this out to the players because we keep reading stories of how different players at different schools, we saw Texas A&M has already distributed $4 million to their athletes. Um, so how, what's the time lag for the players so that uh, somebody knows, hey, I'm really benefiting Chase sure. or whomever? Every month. So wow. we'll, we'll basically take the sales for this month and pay it out um, next month. Um, we're about to p- make the payouts for last month. This month, you know, I think our contract says by the 25th or so of the month, just to give us time to do the, you know, the accounting, because we also have to pay Illinois because we're using their logo. So Illinois gets 12% of the proceeds, you know, from the NFT sales, you know, so we got to do accounting for them to make sure they get their money um, every month. And then we got to do the accounting for the players to make sure they get, they get their money. So uh, I think this is fascinating. Um, you know, like Brad said, we're old people. So, and, and I just was thinking, I'm trying to imagine Sister Jean with an NFT like up in her <laughs> in her room. Uh, so oh, the pay, the pay for prey token. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm just thinking for moneymaker, w- what would the sturdy NFT be worth? There you I go. mean, that could be worth billions with go. a B. Huge. We actually <laughs> thought about doing some fan NFTs. I think that would be really fun you know, run around the tailgates and take some footage of some fans, you know, video images or otherwise, and uh, make an NFT of it and then have a competition to see who really is the best fan. Like what fan can sell the most NFTs of themselves? You know, could you sell 10? Could you sell 20 for five bucks for 10 bucks? You know, we can make an NFT of all you guys. You could have a competition to we see. Can who sell three. Really That's has. about it. We get three sold. <laughs> well, we got kids. They might take their Christmas money and buy one for dad for Christmas. Definitely yeah. throw your kids in that chat. That might get you, or there your you dog. Go. Might get you, this, might get you up there. Exactly. So, hey, well, Steve, this is, I mean, fascinating. And, and, and honestly, um, you know, asking these questions because this is, these are the questions that, that I hear about NFT. And so I'm glad you cleared some of this up. Um, before we let you go, where do people go to, to get involved and, and buy these? Nextname.io is the easiest place. Just log on to the site. IO is like .com these days. You know, it stands for input output, but it's just another you know, internet tag, you know, nextname.io. And you pretty much can take a look at all the, the NFTs that are available, current players. We've got the volleyball, women's volleyball team. The men's basketball team will be coming out shortly. We've got some golf players are going to be adding to the platform. We've got some women's soccer players um, going to be added soon. So it's exciting because we're trying to add as many players and teams as possible and trying to engage as many fans as possible of those different sports because we want to be an open platform for men and women's sports. We'd love to see the volleyball team sell a million dollars for tokens yeah. and get some national attention about how women's volleyball is a big deal um, because it is. Yeah. And more and more people are following it. More and more brands are picking it up and you'll see more interest in, in women's sports and in volleyball and, and, and others, you know, in the coming years. And I, we would like to be part of that growth and, and help the, help those sports, you know, generate some revenue for their players. Awesome. Steve Thayer, Illini product doing amazing things for the Illini nation. Uh, again, next name.io. Steve, we appreciate the knowledge. Good luck with everything and, and come back and see us again when it gets to basketball season. Let's uh, kind of see how things are going. Sounds great. Thanks guys for having me. Right. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Some of the games, by the way, we are watching this weekend. We'll talk about that next on the Sports Spectacular.
Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Darren Bailey isn't popular with the political establishment of either party because he's from the real world. I'm proud to be a family farmer. We fix things that are broken. We solve problems and we grow things. Like you, Bailey knows what hasn't worked. Decade after decade of mismanagement in Springfield, back-to-back billionaire governors, and where has that gotten us? High taxes, high unemployment, and high crime rates. How much worse does it have to get before we give a practical problem solver a try? Paid for by people who play by the rules pack. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Well, some pretty good matchups uh, this weekend in college football. Guys, I, I got to start at the top here. Where history is being made, the last time Alabama played in a non-conference opponent's home stadium was 11 years ago this weekend, September 10th, 2011, Third-ranked Tide winning at number 23, Penn State, 27-11, I believe that score was. Uh, Saturday, uh, number one Bama plays at Texas. It's been a long time, but they go into Austin. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, Nick Saban doesn't evidently have to leave the state of Alabama to, to win national championships. So um, that's whatever works, right? Uh, it's going to be – I don't know. This is a great matchup from a sign, you know, that got Saban against another assistant again with, uh, you know, who helped to win a national title a couple of years ago. So this is uh, a game where I think Texas may be able to put up a few points, but Alabama is just too good. Um, there are 20 – I think it's 20-point favorites in this one on the road at Texas. So although, you know, they won 27-11 to 11, uh, last time against 23 Penn State, I think they'll win by more on the road this time. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, let, let's be real honest here. Texas is going to wish that it, it was another 11 years before Alabama left the state to play somebody because they don't want to be that that group, but they're that group. So I think um, we're looking at a blowout here, and Saban is going to be fired up, and he doesn't want to have a game against an assistant coach that he can't laugh about, and I think he's going to be laughing a lot. Texas will be that boyfriend who threatened to move out and coming back saying, honey, sweetie, big 12. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take me back? Yeah. It's, 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 I it's, really want to play Kansas state again <laughs> or Kansas. Right. You haven't rented out my room yet. Have you? Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Uh, what are some other games of interest? Uh, Brad, who do you like this weekend? Yeah. in the sec, this is a great game. Um, Kentucky at Florida, I believe, and, and I may be wrong, but Mike, maybe you can help me out. Do you remember me talking about a Florida quarterback um, last weekend? Uh, yeah, possibly being a, a pretty good. Do you remember that, Mike? Steve Spurrier. Mike's going to go way back. Mike. You know that, Brad. Yes. I'll help you out. I remember that. <laughs> I thought it was Steve Spurrier. Are you sure that he said yes. Yeah, I did. Anthony Richardson, six foot four, <laughs> throws at 75 yards, runs a four, four 40, 
And, uh, you know, they already pulled the upset of Utah. And they, so they vaulted ahead of Kentucky and their favorite at home in the swamp. Um, you know, Mark Stoops has really good squad at Kentucky, a top 25 team, but that's going to be maybe Florida's back. We're going to learn a lot about the Gators um, and the SE, their chance in the SEC on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's probably the best game of the day. Now, we have South Carolina and Spencer Rattler, the once and not yet future Heisman Trophy leader. <laughs> Um, and he's going up against Arkansas. So South Carolina is playing a number 16 ranked Arkansas. And of course they have the most color, one of the most colorful coaches, Sam Pittman, who talked about how he really likes to have beer after a game, but he's not advising that anybody else has to drink it. So I thought that was a great little, um, you know, little warning there as he talked about it. And then he brought it up one more time with the same disclaimer at the end of this, of the same interview. So, um, I think that's going to be a fun matchup. I love that. I love beer, but don't you drink it. Yeah, you should, yeah. Do as I say, Only, as I do. <laughs> exactly. At least it wasn't tequila. It wasn't tequila. Exactly. Yeah, you know, actually, after the game, I have some Everclear or some tequila, whatever's available. <laughs> yeah. you know? But yeah. don't you do it. That's right. That's right. You know, speaking of that Florida team, Brad, I mean, here's a trivia question. I don't know the answer. Just thinking of it just now. When's, when's the last team that started a season under a first-year head coach beating back-to-back ranked teams at home? I mean, I think it maybe may be a while, but uh, yeah, up this week and during a free moment that I don't have. Um, another, not to stay in the SEC, but another <laughs> game of interest is uh, Tennessee and uh, at Pitt, Tennessee twenty fourth uh, in in the easy matchup last week uh, as they, they took care of Ball State pretty easily, um, and now Pitt coming in again with some some change. Other uh, quarterback pickets now in the NFL. Um, this is a, a big, I think it's a big game for, for Josh Heupel, um, who's trying to rebuild the, the pride of the volunteer program. Uh, the former Oklahoma quarterback did a great job as head coach down at central Florida, replacing Scott Frost, and now trying to make something happen, uh, up with the volunteers. Here's a program that has fallen behind in the East, obviously Georgia right now, even Kentucky. And it's a, it's a big, uh, you know, litmus test, I think for the volunteers to try to get to two and and beat a ranked team, uh, on the road. No question. I think for Pitt, it's an important game to kind of show that they the ACC can compete with the SEC, yeah. uh, so to speak here. So and, and maybe Pitt can, you know, what what are they without, you know, a, a star quarterback or maybe they have another star quarterback. But how do they how are they able to handle, um, you know, a Tennessee team that's upstart and got a lot of confidence? So it, it should be a good matchup. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, especially if Pitt can build towards something because the ACC is not strong this year you beat an SEC team, you got to feel really good going into the conference. Yeah, Pitt 3-0 and all time against the Vols. We call it the Johnny Major Bowl. Uh, he exactly. was the head coach of both these teams. Uh, Pitt beat uh, Tennessee in uh, Knoxville last year. Uh, one final note very quickly, number six, Texas A&M, a game that I want to see against Appalachian State. You're asking why. Well, you know, the Mountaineers went and scored, what, 40 points in the fourth quarter against North Carolina, almost tied the game, stopped on the two-point conversion late, 63-61, they lost. Uh, well, Texas A&M has a little bit better defense than UNC, no question, but still, let's see if they can uh, make some noise uh, on the road there. Hey, a uh, big day of college football, so sit back and enjoy that and enjoy more of us. We're back with more after this. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you provides opportunities for growth, and it's much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. 
proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Hi, this is Larry Smith, proud native of Central Illinois. It's been an honor to have reported on the world's biggest sporting events for the past three decades. And as a lifelong Illini fan, it's a privilege to now be with IlliniGuys.com. My friends and I put this together with one goal in mind, to have the best Illini-centric website around. Great features, podcasts, insider stuff. I know a little something about telling athletes stories, and these guys know a lot about the Illini. It's a perfect match. Come over and check it out. IlliniGuys.com. Sports Spectacular continues. Larry, Brad, and Mike. Uh, some big news around campus this week. Let's start with Chase Brown. Uh, not only the leading rusher in the country right now, but he was named for his performance last week at Indiana as the Doak Walker National Running Back of the Week. Very nice. I mean, Chase Brown's putting up some great numbers. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what he's done week after week, it's, a, you know, I think he's averaging about 175 yards a game. So, you know, those are, you know, if you do that for 12 games, you know, he survives. You you realize that it, it extrapolates like 2,000 yards, yeah. which would put him in the Heisman conversation for sure if Illinois can just win a few games here and there. But, yeah, really impressive start for Chase Brown. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because you watch Chase Brown. I think he translates better to the NFL game than he does the college game somewhat. And I think he's got quite a career ahead of him. Um, and it would be fantastic. You know, Mendenhall was, was a fantastic running back. And it's nice to see Illinois, obviously, with Brett Bielma makes a difference, too. But um, it's nice to see Illinois with a player that can be mentioned as one of the top players in the country. And it's funny, you think about um, just about a year ago, Brad, um, in terms of that running back room was so crowded, he clearly has t- taken the, the lead as the, the premier back in that room. Yeah, no question. I, I, I like him. I, you know, he reminds me, he's not big. He's not like the fastest, but he's got one cut. He's got that one cut. He can put that foot in the ground and change directions really well. And reminds me a little bit of, you know, the old uh, Denver running back Terrell Davis who ran for like a million yards, you know, in that little, in that stretch. And he's a little bit like that. He, you know, you go into the right, boom, plant, go hits a hole. And you know, the next thing you know, he's eight or nine yards downfield before anybody knows what hit him. Yeah. And you can see why Coach B was so enamored with uh, Chase Brown and Josh McRae back there. And let's hope Josh can can get back this season because that's a heck of a one-two punch and really is the thunder and lightning. Yeah, I agree. Uh, meanwhile, PGA Tour cards secured for two former Illini greats, uh, Thomas Dietrich and Nick Hardy. Had Nick on the show earlier uh, this year. Great to talk with him. Really happy for both of these guys. Um, and by the way, if you're not paying attention, the, the, the next, the 2022-2023 PGA season begins next week. I mean, it's, they, they, get, they go to the Corn Ferry Tour, earn their cards, and they're right back at it again to uh, try to make some big money. And, you know, it's really hard. I, I don't think people appreciate how difficult it is to make the PGA Tour, to be one of those 125 guys who get their tour cards, and then you can play basically every week. Now, Nick Hardy had his, but he battled through some injuries. Now he's going to get to play a full season. Maybe it might be easier to keep that card. And, you know, obviously the, the key is, you know, you got to stay, keep posting, you know, top making cuts and then get a top 15, top 10 finish here and there and maybe win an event and, and you'll be uh, on there for a long time. And you can be very lucrative career if you can find a way to win a tournament and stay on that PGA Tour. Yeah. And, and think about how hard it is just for your average guy to be a crappy golfer. 
and then you think about how good these guys are. Um, it's kind of nice. We, we're, we're seeing some Illinois athletes now starting to break through in again in the uh, professional ranks. And I'm kind of liking this. So maybe we got a new era coming on board, both on the, in college level and uh, up in the pros as well. It's exciting to we'll be excited to watch these guys on the leaderboards as we watched Steve Stricker for so many years and now yep. uh, rooting on uh, Nick and Thomas. Congrats to both of those guys. Um, another big announcement this week um, from the Big Ten announcing the Big Ten slate of games for the women's teams and for the men's teams. And uh, Brad, you had a great write up on IlliniGuys.com. You like the way this schedule lays out for Illinois. Yeah, Illinois got some winnable games early in the schedule, in the conference schedule. Obviously, you know, we talked about their non-conference being difficult, playing a lot of high major teams, you know, playing in a couple of uh, big events. But when they get in the conference schedule, they've got some games that are winnable early. And when you've got a young team with a lot of new faces, um, it, it's going to be good for them to maybe get their feet under them, have some games they can win before they get to playing, you know, the the – I guess the, the really meat of that schedule. And that's when they it's, they don't play a team. I, I honestly, I don't know when their first time they won't be favored in a game. You know, maybe it's a home game. If it's a home game, it could be in January, like Michigan state or maybe Indiana, but they're probably, if they're playing well, they'll probably be favored in those. It wouldn't be till they get into maybe a road test at Madison on, on January 28th. First time they're not favored. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's pretty wild uh, to see a schedule set up like this. And now when you're clicking on all cylinders at the end, as long as they stay healthy, February is a little tougher, but they should be ready for it. Oh, and, and what a spectacular close to the season. Ohio State's starting to string together some classes of, of recruits. You know, you're there in February 26th, then you return home against Michigan on March 2nd. And then on that final Sunday – you get the clash against Purdue going into, you know, the big 10 tournament and that, I mean, that, what a, th th there's a lot of great games on this schedule, but that three game run, the way uh, Underwood generally has the Illini playing, there's going to be some fireworks. Well, and I like too, as you mentioned at the very beginning, even early on, you've got the, the two really good tests out in Vegas that, that an Illinois team hasn't seen, hasn't been tested in that way that early. Um, in quite a while, it's great to be a part of those, you know, made for TV, uh, November uh, matchups that are, you know, and that's going to be exciting to have them be a part of that. Uh, you come back then and you've got the easy game against Linden Lindenwood, a game against Syracuse at home in the ACC Big Ten Challenge you should win. Um, and then you you go to Maryland and then that's kind of a prep to maybe even stay out east and go to New York for the game against Texas. That's the ESPN game. And um, and then you've got some time. And again, like I said, getting back to the schedule later. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it's one of these where you've got some, you know, outside of the, the Wisconsin game up there, you've got some opportunities with this young team to really gel. You have some really good early matchups, non-conference. And I think that win or lose, that only makes you stronger for, for the conference season and kind of understand what this team has and how they're going to react on the big stage. Yeah, Underwood throughout his coaching career is always late. They've kind of laid some clunkers since he's been in Illinois in the non-conference. But once they get into conference play, they're awfully good. And I think that, you know, is shown by their, what is a 44 and 16 record over the past three seasons, which is the best 
in school history and the best in, in that time period in the Big Ten. So, um, you know, he's got to like where this schedule uh, works for him because they get better as the year goes on. And like you said, Larry, I'm going to early on, I'm going to get my frequent flyer miles uh, racked up going to Vegas and uh, and Madison Square Garden in New York and et cetera, et cetera. So, but hey, we love it, right? That's yeah, right. I mean, it is exciting too that we'll have we'll have Brad in the big city, Brad in Vegas. Um, there'll be a lot of reasons for people to. Who knows what we're going to bet on when Brad goes to Vegas? <laughs> will Brad will Brad have his wallet stolen and will he lose his keys <laughs> in Vegas? I'm hey, saying I'm gonna, yes I'm to both. I'm selling some non fungible tokens, baby. That's all I know. <laughs> Give me some NFTs. That's right. That's right. Interesting finish to the schedule for Illinois at Ohio State, home against Michigan, and at Purdue. Um, what a finish. If they do come through and win another, another Big Ten title, they will have earned it. Uh, by the way, the entire schedule we have on our website, IlliniGuys.com, as well as uh, FindingIllini.com. Stay with us. Much more coming up after this on the Sports Spectacular. Do you like what you hear? Let the passion of Illini guys promote your business. The sponsors are signing up right now for the upcoming fall season and our ad space is limited. Shoot us an email at info at and find out how easy it is to reach diehard sports fans in 30 key markets in six states. That's info at IlliniGuys.com. When life gets hectic, you need healthcare that's easy. You need OSF On-Call Urgent Care. With OSF On-Call Urgent Care, we make it easy to get affordable, quick, convenient care for minor illnesses and injuries when and where you need it. Walk in for care 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even on holidays. 24-7, 365 virtual care options means we're always on, just like you. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare to find a clinic near you or to start a virtual visit. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Here to wrap things up now with a few stories that caught our attention. Uh, minor League Baseball, looking at a union. You know, I kind of thought unions were sort of on their way out, but a lot of union talk this summer. In minor league baseball, more than half the players voting in favor of that. Looks like it could be on the way. Yeah, I think anytime you get the when people are in poor working conditions, and let's be honest, minor league baseball has been a poor working condition. You're gonna have you're gonna have unions pop up, and it makes sense that they would do this. And it's about time. I mean, they need to have I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you they should be making this much or that much, but I, I know that they weren't making enough. The The guys who were first and second round picks were making their money off their bonuses and the rest of them were just kind of, you know, living from, you know, meal to meal and hoping to get enough. Yeah. And, and my only concern is, is, is that that's a fragile economic deal, particularly after the pandemic. And um, you want to make sure that there's, you know, you want to make sure there's enough there to keep people employed. But um, I will always side with uh, paying the people who are leaving pieces of their body out on the field, whether it's, you know, softball with people like Brad throwing at them or baseball or football, whatever. Uh, I, I, I want the players to be paid because that's what people show up to see. Well, and you're right. And, you know, they recently, the minor leagues basically contracted. I mean, the, the teams, you know, got rid exactly. of some, There's some teams that were minor league affiliates of major league teams that are no more. Now they're just struggling as independent. Um, and so, yeah, there are fewer slots to be had in the farm system. And, uh, and you're right. These people, some uh, have families and uh, 
So yeah, we'll see where that goes. Speaking of, of paying the people leaving uh, their body and soul out on the field with guys like Brad Sturdy throwing at him, uh, college football, Jim Harbaugh, the Michigan coach, uh, making some waves this week when he said, hey, listen, with the expansion of the college football playoff, he hopes that the players get a share of the revenue. Um, you know, there's so much talk about that, especially in the Big Ten. It feels like maybe not immediate, maybe not as soon as all the expansion talk, but it, it feels like in the next maybe eight to 10 years, we may see a model uh, or maybe even sooner where players are sharing in the, in the revenue. Think about how many players opt out of bowl games at, at different times. What if they were getting a revenue share to play in that bowl game? Much more likely to play for thirty or $40,000 for a single game as opposed to, you know, what they you know, sitting it out. Uh, I think the same thing with this revenue share. I mean, obviously players aren't sitting out the college football playoff, but I think they deserve it. I mean, the players are why we're watching. I'm not saying that they, you should give all the money to them, but they should get a little, little bit. I mean, it goes to university and they say indirectly it goes to players, but no, just give them, give them some cash. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's lots of money out there to be uh, that's been thrown around. Yeah, and that thirty to forty thousand dollars, you know, for a bowl game is similar. To, we've heard different ads who've kind of tipped their their had their a little bit that that was something that they were thinking about. So, I'm all for paying them something. Um, I don't know what that is. I'll leave that to wiser people. But um, you know, people show up to watch, you know, uh, different players play. They don't show up to watch referees ref or other things they're they're there to watch great players use their skills you know i was for the longest time i was against i was one of those against paying the players and my feeling was you're amateur um you know you get the scholarship and your room and board and and that's it's but it's a different world now that was back before you know multi-billion dollar deals etc and i'm with you it's at the point right now that I i have no problem with that because you know let's face it you know for um, you know, the NBA, for example, college basketball is your minor league. You know, the G League's not developed yet. This is still where you're going to get the bulk of your players. And, um, and I, I, you're, I agree with you guys. Um, can't get away until we talk a little uh, Major League Baseball and, and the home runs. Not since, you know, Sosa McGuire, 98, have we seen a couple of sluggers just kind of chasing the record books. Albert Pujols uh, in the National League with the Cardinals and then uh, Aaron Judge with the Yankees. This has been really fun to watch uh, coming down the stretch. Yeah, Pujols getting inching closer and closer to that 700 mark and Judge inching closer and closer to breaking that um, 61 home run mark. You know, being uh, hitting 60 would be good, but I think 62 is probably going to come this year for him. Uh, you know, what a guy, how about him betting on himself preseason, not taking the Yankees deal and saying, I'm going to have a big year. And he did. He's going to get paid in the, in the offseason because of that. And of course, Albert you know, been the best hitter in baseball, you know, 10 years ago. And now he's, you know, in the twilight, but just having a great surge down the stretch. Yeah. It's hard to find a better story than Albert, you know, um, playing so well uh, as he, as he's ready to, to, you know, exit stage. Right. Um, and I think, you know, with judge um, that is a classic um, and very brave move to bet on yourself like that. And um Anytime somebody can come through, especially with the Yankees, who seem to have the ability to print money, 
Um, we're going to see just how well their printer works. <laughs> <laughs> some new ink in the, in the, uh, <laughs> yes, I think for this one, no question. Yeah. Judge, uh, that, that is Brad mentioned that 61 home run mark, uh, the American league record set, you know, by Roger Maris. Um, and already he hit 55, uh, a couple of nights ago and that 55 broke the tie with Alex Rodriguez, most prolific right-handed home run hitter in Yankee history, already etching his name in the record books. Hey, uh, we've etched our name and wrapping up another show, two hours of fun. Hopefully it was as good for you as it was for us. Hey, enjoy football. Enjoy all the games. Have a great weekend. We'll see you right back here. Same time next week. Take care. ILL. This has been a presentation of LMBC sports, LLC and JM talent productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini guys radio network on these same stations across Illinois.